welcome to the SB Nation Combat UFC Fight Night 138 or hashtag UFC Moncton post fight show. My name's Flying Brian J. Thank you so very much for joining me. I've got the guys from the sixth round here once again, the Eddie Mercado and the Zane Simon. But before I pass it over to them to give us their post fight ratings on this entire card, I want to apologize to Anthony Lionheart Smith. If you don't want spoilers and you're a viewer, you probably should have not have clicked the video, but you might want to leave right now. Yesterday on Twitter, I said that this fight card was garbage. I didn't tag Anthony Smith. I never tagged the fighters. In fact, my third rule of being an MMA fan on Twitter is you do not tag the fighters. But he responded with just a sad face. And I'm like, shit, damn it. I'm, I'm sad that he saw that. And then tonight, in the main event... He pulled out the victory over Volkan Uzdemir. And I, Anthony, I'm sorry for saying this fight card was going to be shit. And I'm also sorry for doubting you because I actually bet against you thinking that if if you Ooh. lose, I make money. If you win, a guy from my area of the world did something awesome. So that's it. Man, you're compounding it all. And then the worst part is, is that you're going to hand it over to me and ask me how much I liked it. And I'm like, <laughs> that's, that's just not fair. Like, you're, putting me, you're really putting me on the spot there with that. Don't look at me either. <laughs> you're on your own. Well, I mean, I loved the main event. Uh, the rest well, of the card of wasn't, you know, wasn't, uh, it was no UFC 229. It was no UFC 194. But the main event left like a very nice taste in my mouth. Well, yeah, I mean, you're from Nebraska. What else are you going to cheer about? That's exactly it. Every time I talk about Anthony Smith, I say, we only have the Cornhusker football team. Uh, they're two and six. Uh, and now Anthony Smith. So, woohoo. Yeah. yeah, yes. So, Zane, what, what post-fight rating would you give this entire night of fights? Four? Does that feel right? Out of ten? Four feels right. Out of, like, out of 20? Out of, yeah, maybe out of 20. I mean, it just, it was UFC contractual obligations. That was our card. It was, man, we owe all these people fights. Let's get all these fights out of the way so that we can move on to another bigger card that we actually care about. I felt the same way about having to do this post-fight show. It was a contractual obligation for myself. I'm like, oh, fuck. I'd rather go to a Halloween party or something like some people were doing in the Moncton crowd. Yeah, well, I'm thanks actually, a fucking lot. Now I, now I have the sad face. Now, now I'm, you know, like, can you not tag me in that conversation? I'm actually shocked that we're even doing this post-fight show, to be honest. I was, <laughs> I was like, certain that we, we just wouldn't do one for this card because it's so obscure and meaningless outside of the main event, which I thought was cool, you yeah, know, but, it was like... A fight. Fun fight. But we only got five finishes on the night. And, and you know, when the fights are, are really not wars and they're not meaningful or relevant like it's really it's tough to get through that's when fox pacing really blows yeah like that's that's when you could really feel the sting of it but at least it was capped off with a pretty good fight after the michael johnson artem lobov slog which oh god yeah especially i, I still i'm a little mystified at, at all the people who gave lobov <laughs> round two in that fight but and the commentators giving him a lot of the fight yeah, that I don't know what's going on with Dan Hardy. If Lobov like you know christened his kids or something, but <laughs> man, was he just like you know Lobov getting outstruck two to one is really the secret to winning for Lobov. Well, I was thinking that um, Brian Stan was the commentator for Lobov versus Swanson, and there was a lot of people that were pissed off at Brian Stan because he didn't. They thought that he didn't call enough of. Lobov's success. So I was thinking maybe they were overcompensating for that. 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't credit that. That right. seems a little too detailed. <laughs> <laughs> but, it was horrible. Man. That fight was horrible. Yeah, what, yeah. Eddie, what, what post-fight rating are you going to give it, 1 to uh, 10? Man, um... All in all, there were five finishes, so I'm kind of leaning towards a five, but I don't feel like overall it was that good. So I think the four is right. I think Zane nailed it. I think the four is fair. We've seen worse. We've seen some cards that were just like miserable shit shows. And this a, a good main event always saves a card from being actually awful because the main event's what really counts. And gives but us more to talk about. Really cool. I'm happy for Anthony Smith. He's a cool dude. I've interviewed him before. Like super likable guy. It's hard to not kind of root for someone like this and want to see them, you know, kind of turn their life around and, and really do great things. I mean, look at Derek Lewis about to compete for a world title. Like shit like that is is pretty freaking awesome. And I think it's great that people can use combat sports as an outlet to actually make something of themselves. So super cool uh, to see Smith. Uh, and it was good to see him being, you know outgunned and, and overcoming that and not quitting and, yeah. and gutting it out and finding a way to, to get the W. So excellent for Smith. He asked for a title shot, which I thought was super cool. Uh, will he get that? Uh, I oh mean, man. the only other top contender fight out there is Santos versus Manawa. And if they, neither of them looks good, Manawa isn't on any kind of run right now, then Smith is, might be the only dude. Yeah, but you got uh, John Jones and Alexander Gustafson, right? Yeah. And that's for the title. Yep. And I guess that's yeah. And I, I it like just, it, it so much. It'd be so John great. Jones, a kid from John Nebraska Jones. City gets a title shot against Johnny Bones. Oh, that'd be insanity. Oh, it'd be great. <laughs> oh man, what if he fucking won too? Like, wouldn't that just be like the the most batshit? craziest mma story of all time well yeah he was he got one like a short notice shot in the ufc a long time ago lost that fight i don't remember it but he probably got wrestled left did a whole bunch of other stuff i watched him in bellator in iowa and now here he is winning a main event uh, back in the ufc on a three fight winning streak all three finishes over guys who are uh, former title challengers or title holders in insanity Loving it. Yeah, he's dangerous, man. He's really dangerous and fun to watch. I don't yeah. think I've ever seen him in a boring fight, actually. No, he gets too close to losing to be in boring <laughs> fights. Like, fine yeah. by me. And like part of his, his appeal is like he just seems like someone I know. You know, uh -huh. like someone I went to high school with. And it's like, damn, he's so tough. He's that tough that he he's capable of competing with guys in the UFC. Like he was completely outgunned, like outmuscled yeah. and everything. But he just had that heart and yeah no like credit said, to him. uh he seems like a guy that you went to high school with or something my wife yeah. is like from nebraska city so that you know she did go to high school with him yeah <laughs> well i mean yeah it's it's nebraska like you you must know like half the people you know went to high school with him <laughs> yeah especially because we're the same age that's just uh yeah i'm loving it um i'll let you guys Get ready to go do the sixth round post fight show, which drops on Monday, right, Zane? Mm -hmm. But before we do that, we need to go over the WTF of the card. That let's not talk about the main event. Let's use it to talk about um, some other topics. Eddie, I'm gonna let you go first. You got oh, one. Man. The WTF moment. Um, how about the the chin of Gucci? I mean, yeah. this dude got hit with like every single punch under the sun. 
for the bulk of 15 minutes and just completely went full Terminator, kept coming forward, kept throwing. He even he even did the, the T-1000 and had a moment where he was actually running in the cage. And his chin was just insane. Like I, he, I, he, I honestly gave Nazar Hawkbrost like a 30-24 in that fight. Yeah, you have to. Like, the, the last round is an easy like 10-7. He just absolutely demolished him, but Goody was still in there. It's still pressing, still throwing every minute of that fight. That was crazy. So that's my WTF moment. The chin of Gooty is just, that's insane. That's a, that's a solid one. Zane, you got one? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with that Don Madge head kick KO. Something about those EFC guys. I just see him. I, I see tape of him fighting, and I'm just like, man, this dude is just dead weight. He is a regional can crusher waiting to take the jump and get crushed in the UFC. Said the same thing about Danny Henry. And I'm I'm, ha- I'm gonna have to start revising that opinion because he and Danny Henry both have come out and just smoked some dudes. Yeah, that was that was an amazing moment. I was when I was thinking about giving the this card a post fight rating. That head kick knockout, like I actually let out an audible scream, like holy shit! Like, yeah. and that's always great. That makes it a decent night of fights, and especially like the couple fights before that were not getting me really amped for the card. No, this, this card was entirely like long stretches of really boring bad fights with singular really cool moments like every there were only five stoppages on this card but they were all actually like really cool good stoppages you know it was all like both fights were cool everything else you know what's unfortunate for misha serkinov is that he won impressively but he called out Vulcan Ozdemir in his post-fight press conference. So he just kind of, you know, screwed himself out of an Anthony Smith fight. I think yeah, that he should well. get that. I mean, he could get that rematch. What else is there really? I was thinking if... Anthony Smith? No, no. I was thinking that if Ozdemir lost, he could rematch with Serkinov. Because I, I was thinking the winner is going to go on to fight Johnny Bones. Or Probably. Gus, but Yeah. I don't know. That whole light heavyweight division is a mess for contenders right now. Like, it's honestly just... Anyway, yeah. Before Actually, that should be the what the fuck moment is that entire division. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we said on, on our last show, was it, that you would pick a lot of the top middleweights to come and just wreck shop at light heavyweight? We got a guy that wasn't even in the top ten and Anthony Smith coming up, going to get a title shot perhaps. Yeah, no, he's, I mean, like I say, <laughs> he's kind of the guy right now. If it's weird. You know, especially if Manoa beats Tiago Santos, then – is just like Manoa doesn't have any real, you know. Might maybe Anthony Smith fights Jimmy Manoa, and I might pick Anthony Smith in that fight, you know? Oh, absolutely, like, yeah. That's fifty fifty. I mean, all Anthony Smith fights are fifty fifty. Yeah, yeah. Until you get to like Jones, DC, that's yeah. a little different story, but exactly. But that's how the whole light heavyweight division is. It's all like, yeah, flip a coin for any of these dudes, except Jones and DC. Maybe Gus, but even Gus had some trouble with like uh, Jan Black Blakovich, you know. Yeah, it's like the new heavyweight division. Light heavyweight is the new heavyweight. Yeah. So we got what the fuck for the light heavyweight division for uh, Don Madge and for the chin of T-Balt Goaty. My WTF of the card is going to it's a, like I got a double WTF and it's for Andre Sukumtot versus Jonathan Martinez. Uh, so it's going to Sukumtot because he was 
talking shit to fans basically because they were talking shit about his fight IQ against O'Malley. Then he comes out in this fight, drops the guy with the right hand, ripped like dropped him. So he hurt him with the head. Then he ripped a couple of hooks to the body. The guy was clearly like about to get finished, and he's like, "I'm gonna clinch this son of a gun." What the fuck, soup and tot? Then the referee stepping in, he's like, "I think I saw a nut shot." Nope. Wait a second. No, I didn't see it. Shake hands, guys. Let's start it again. What the fuck? So that fight, in 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 and of itself, there were multiple what the fuck moments. That the referee, what, who was I forget the referee's Jared name. Bilal. Yeah, what the fuck was he doing? <laughs> and that that trying, caused... to, trying to take control, but like realized he didn't have control, and then tried to fix it as best he could to get the fight going again. Yeah, it's just, it was just a bad mistake, dumb dumb move by him. But at least you know, at least he tried to get it restarted fast. Totally screwed Sukumta's momentum over, but he still got the win. Well, Sukumta would have given the momentum back anyway. So, yeah. right. Maybe. Let me let me, let me knock this guy down with a punch, and then I'm gonna clinch him or go for a anaconda choke for like 30 seconds to let him regain his composure. I tell you what, man, Sukumta. He, I can't think of anyone else who is so who has a knack for hurting people and and dropping people, but like not putting them away. Like, he's dropped so many people in his UFC career. And, like, mm-hmm. in some of those, he lost. He lost the fight. Yeah. You know, like, it's it's insane how much he actually hurts people and drops them, but doesn't necessarily convert. It's kind of wild. It, yeah. He's on, he's on an island with that <laughs> skill. Anyway, I'll let you guys go. I'm sure it's it's like 1.30 where Eddie's at. So, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Does yeah. anyone do the call off? All right, well, thanks. And, uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at these anytime. You can find Eddie on Twitter at the Eddie Mercado. Both of us over at com, And uh, we'll be back with the sixth round, which will be coming at you all Monday. So thanks, everyone. And, uh, Brian, enjoy the rest of the show running down this amazing, uh, awesome. Okay, yeah, we're out of here. Thanks, guys. <laughs> take it easy. All Adios. right, fight fans, this is where I just take over. We're going to recap the rest of the action from UFC Fight Night 138, UFC Moncton. I would like to have you guys be my co-host for the rest of this. Uh, you can tell me if you liked the fight, uh, whatever. So moving down the card, we already talked about the main event of the evening. Oh, I forgot to say something that Ava Ortega said earlier. Anthony Smith is the more technical version of Derek Lewis of the light heavyweight division. Hilarious, Ava. I like it. I like it a lot. But let's talk about the co-main event of the evening where Michael Domenish Johnson defeated Artem Lobov via unanimous decision 29-28, 29-28, 30-27. I haven't seen the official scorecard yet, but I'm guessing the judges gave Lobov the first round because it was the tightest one in terms of uh, significant strikes landed. I think it was like 22 uh, for Johnson to 20 of Lobov, but... Very, like, uninteresting fight. And what made it kind of weird in my mind was that I can't even, I can't even get to the stats right now. Well, anyway, what made it weird is that after the fight was over, Dan Hardy thanked them for putting on a great show. And Michael Johnson said, hey, we put on a great show. And... Everyone was like, hey, that was fucking really neat. But in my opinion, it wasn't that great. What do you guys think? Was it a, a really exciting fight? Ben Frank OG, great post-fight analysis, Michael Bisbing. Are you saying I look like Michael Bisbing or did Michael Bisbing actually have some really good post-fight analysis for Lobov versus Michael Johnson? That fight was basically 
Johnson had the faster hands. Labov swung at air a whole bunch. And during the fight, I was thinking Labov would be just short of landing a punch a, a bunch of times. And I was thinking, what if this man didn't have T-Rex arms? He probably would have connected on some things. And he, he did connect with a couple of a wide right hands on Johnson. But Johnson seemed to just like kind of take it, move his head to the side a little bit, and come back with the left straight and then tag Lobov with it. Lobov did have some decent jabs that landed on Johnson. He bloodied Johnson's face up a little bit. We could have said uh, another WTF of the card was Johnson hurt Lobov a couple of times, once with a jab, once with, a, a, I believe, a left straight. But Lobov would say, nope, 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 you didn't hurt me, and then, like, keep fighting. Like, obviously, he did hurt him. It was nice to see the respect, because if you don't know already, uh, before the fight happened, Michael Johnson came in on two weeks' short notice. He missed weight by one pound, and Lobov said that he respected him for taking the fight on short notice, and he wasn't going to take the 20% of his purse. The athletic commission says you have to take the 20% of the purse, so Lobov says, fine, I'm just going to give it right back, and he contacted Dana White to just not... Not have to give it back. Just like give it straight to Johnson so that I don't have to deal with taking it and then giving it back. The fight, if I were to give the fight a post fight rating from one to ten, I'd give it like a three and a half. Rob Amon says that he's here with a chainsaw tonight, ready to cut some people. I'm sorry if the subscribing thing annoys you guys. I, I tried to shut the sound off, didn't work for me. But thank you, Edna Late and uh, Ben Franco G for subscribing. Also, AA Captain or IA Captain. Um, Ben Frank, not sure Smith could win the light heavyweight title though, especially with Johnny Jones, Johnny Bones Jones coming back. No, I don't. Look, I, I love Anthony Smith because he's from Nebraska City, he's from my area. It's, he's, I've seen him fight in person uh, at Bellator, at uh, UFC in Kansas City, where Michael, or not Michael, Demetrius Johnson defended his belt against Wilson Hayes. Uh, I saw him like just hanging out at other live mixed martial arts events. Love the guy. I'm so happy for him. But would you pick... I mean, besides just that I wouldn't pick Anthony Smith over Johnny Bones, who would you pick over Johnny Bones? So, hey, give him the title shot. Sure, he'll he'll lose, but I think it'd be really, really cool. Uh, Rob Amon says that fight gets a 1 out of 10. Well, let's move down to Misha Surkunov versus Patrick Durkin Cummins. Another WTF of the card could be that when Patrick Cummins was trying to get the takedown of Misha Surkunov, Surkunov grabbed Cummins' lips. I saw. I haven't seen the footage of it. I need to go back and uh, review the footage, basically. But someone tweeted me that Surkunov fishhooked, essentially, Patrick Cummins when Cummins was going for that takedown attempt. What the fuck there? But Patrick couldn't get the takedown. Sirkunov went for the guillotine choke attempt, had the arm wrapped over the top. Cummins couldn't get it. Then they were up against the fence for a bit. Sirkunov went for the takedown. Cummins looked like he was going to try to do a use the momentum and roll Sirkunov over the top of him. Ended up with Sirkunov right right on in mount. Sirkunov got the arm triangle choke shortly thereafter. What started like the takedown attempt from Cummins, the sequence of events. Cummins like kind of leapt in with a, a jab and. Sirkunov kind of backed away from it. Short left hand hurt Cummins. Um, and then Cummins, you know, decided to go for that. Like, I need a takedown. Uh, fun fight. Ended in a finish at 240 of the 
first round. Serkinov's probably going to get a post-fight bonus. He called out, uh, he said he wants top 10 guy, but he says he's working his way to a Volkan Uzdemir rematch because he said they didn't get to actually fight. Uzdemir just caught him. Because Uzdemir lost in the main event to Anthony Smith, I say give the rematch to Serkinov against Uzdemir. I think that'd be awesome. Moving down, I'm going to check your comments, guys. Ben Frank, true, maybe Bones Jones goes to heavyweight, though. R.C. Kim, I can't believe after if D.C. stays at heavyweight and Jones flakes out again, Smith is probably number two in the division after Gustafson. Oh, Ortega, Ava Ortega says that Serkinov grabbed Cummins' mustache, not his mouth. Well, thank you for that, Ava. Um, I honestly, I'm really looking forward to the rematch with Johnny Bones and Gustafson, but, I mean, you have to pick Jones to win that fight. Like Zane said while he was still here, Gus didn't look good against Blahovich. And Blahovich is a very dangerous striker, doesn't do well against the wrestling because he lost to Cummins. I mean, he lost to Gustafson in that manner, but. We already used my WTF of the card to talk about Andre Sukumta a little bit. Let's move to Jean Vellante versus Ed Herman. My goodness, guys. What post-fight rating would you give this fight individually? Rob Amon says he'd make Serkinov fight Dominic Reyes. I think that's fine. Um, I just I thought about that fight. The rankings and everything makes a lot of sense. But man, I think Reyes would just crush Serkinov. Maybe Reyes is a future title challenger. I might pick Reyes over Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith has just struck lightning in a bottle. Or caught lightning in a bottle. Rob Amon says that Jean Vellante versus Ed Herman gets a one. Let's talk about some of the techniques used in it. I don't feel like spending a lot of time on it because it was it was a one out of ten. <clears throat> a one out of fucking twenty-five. This fight was awful. These guys would like kind of, you know, they'd move and they're kind of looking at each other, looking at each other, and they would both do the same thing at the same time, like every time. They're both, oh, they're both jab at the same time. They both throw overhand rights. They both go for rear hand uppercuts at the same time. Oh, both going for inside low kicks. Like, it's like, what in the shit? They're doing it at the same time, all the time, and almost never in combination. It was just a really just, like, I'm going to say back and forth, but it wasn't back and forth in terms of ebbs and flows. It was like, let's, t- let's take turns. We'll go at the same time, we'll shift, we'll go here, and then you throw first, I'll throw first, now we're going to throw at the same time. John Vellante got the victory via split decision, and then afterward, for some reason, Dan Hardy interviewed Vellante, and he he was almost, I couldn't understand him, unintelligible, his speech was unintelligible. And he said that Ed Herman's been in, in the UFC for 12 years, like how the fuck does someone keep a job for 12 years, especially in the UFC, that's very difficult. And for some reason, Dan Hardy interviewed Ed Herman, too. And Ed Herman's like, what the fuck? I I clearly won that fight. Who thinks I won that fight? And he asked the crowd, and the crowd kind of agreed with him. I don't understand why he was interview- why Hardy was interviewing Ed Herman, though. As I think Connor Rebush said on Twitter, it might not have been him, but, but correct me if I'm wrong. It seemed as though Dan Hardy was going to interview Ed Herman to give Ed Herman a chance to retire. But that wasn't happening. Both both Vellante and Herman looked shopworn. Throwing one strike at a time. And I said, fuck it. I want Jean Vellante to fight Nikita Krilov. 
And I feel like, okay, that's leading a lamb to slaughter, but I like watching Nikita Krulov highlights, so why not have him fight Jean Volante? Ava Ortega says, 2 out of 10, trash, trash fight. Oh, 2 out of 10 is not terrible. Ava also says that Dan Hardy was off tonight. Okay, I'm not sure if he was off tonight. I don't want to, like, speak down on him. I think that he he has very fluent speech. As you can tell from my post-fight show here, sometimes I stutter. Sometimes I think a thought through. Or I'll start talking before I have the thought already worked up in my head, as you can tell from that. And Dan is really good at, at speaking through that. He's very got very fluent speech and everything like that. I did think that the three-man booth with Jimmy Smith, uh, Brennan Fitzgerald, and Dan Hardy was a little bit clunky. Maybe they could work it out to be a little better in the future. It just seemed to to not really flow that well tonight. On multiple occasions, Brennan Fitzgerald would say something, and then Jimmy Smith would be like, Ah, I was going to say that. You, you, got, you got to that before I could get to it, or whatever. You get what I'm saying. A little clunky. I'm not going to say that they were bad, just... Is a new scenario, like me with the guys from the six-round post-fight show. The first couple of shows I did with Eddie and Zane, you guys just ate me alive. This new guy sucks. I hate him. I hate that we changed formats I, and just you tore me a new one. So I understand what those three might be going through with the transition to being that three-man booth. I don't think we've ever heard that three-man booth before, so I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Just got to work out some kinks. And uh, Ava says they need to scrap the three-man booth, but I like the three-man booth when it's Daniel Cormier, Joe Rogan, and John Anik. Because John Anik, he's, he's, he flies under the radar with how funny he is, but he does a really good job of wrangling Rogan and DC. You know, they can go off on tangents and talk about other things, like it's a Joe Rogan podcast. And Anik will be like, well, let's reel it in and talk about this fight. You know, he'll say, well, what do you think about the jab that... Jack Lope fighter number one is throwing out there. Joe Rogan's like, okay. Joe was like, all right, I'll stop talking about the gloves. Let's go with that. So that's a good scenario. I, tonight, it's, you know, you got like three guys that play a similar role. Of course, you got the color and the play-by-play. It's a little different, but again, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Rob Amon says Fox Sports doesn't care anymore. They're losing the UFC at the end of the year. Yeah, but you got to think that like these commentators like Brendan Fitzgerald, John Anik, well, Brent Fitzgerald, Jimmy Smith, Dan Hardy, they're going to continue to be commentators when we move to ESPN and stuff. Yeah, it's all about it's all about the commentator chemistry, in my opinion. But let's not talk about that too much anymore. I'm moving down. Court McGee versus Alex Garcia. This is a fight that would get a super low rating in the post-fight, in the rearview mirror. It was a fight that I gave a super low rating coming into the night of fights. It wasn't very exciting. Court McGee wrestled Alex Garcia, and sometimes Alex Garcia would stuff the takedown and then go in for his own takedown, and McGee would reverse it and then get Garcia down and like hold him there, just kind of grind him out. Not a very exciting fight, but the tenacity, the gumption, the determination of Court McGee is really, really respectable. I'm very impressed by this man he's had so you might know he's a former drug addict right so when he gets surgery like he had a shoulder surgery before the fight camp for this bout and he has surgery done with no narcotics and he's had non-narcotic surgery done seven times oh my god he is one tough son of a gun 
I've never had surgery, but I can't imagine getting cut open without any narcotics. Jeepers creepers. Impressive performance. Uh, like, that's impressive for McGee. And then tonight, uh, to just to stick with that grappling attack, uh, to stay with it. He got hit by some pretty big bombs by Garcia and just stay with that grind. I'm impressed by McGee. The fight, however, was really, really boring. Moving down, uh, welterweight fight, Sean Strickland versus Nordin Taleb. Yeah, Mr. Hyde, right up there with Darren Elkins, agreed. So, the it, Strickland versus Taleb was like the main event of the prelims, or the featured prelim. And Taleb went out there and won the first round against Strickland on the back foot. He was moving back and to his left, like the whole first round, Strickland was pursuing him. Taleb did a really good job with low kicks to try to stymie the forward pressure of Strickland and got him with some counter strikes as Strickland moved forward. Second round came out and Strickland hurt Taleb with some big bombs. Like I think it was a right hand that hurt Taleb, dropped him. Looked like Taleb was trying to recover a little bit as Strickland was hitting him with some ground and pound. Some people thought it might have been an early stoppage, but in essence, fantastic comeback from Sean Strickland. But you could tell in the first round when Taleb was moving away from Strickland a lot that he might be worrying about that power of Strickland. Similar to like what you would think someone would do against Volkan Uzdemir. They got that touch of death. You want to kind of stay away from it. Before that, Nazrat Hackbrass versus T-Ball Togodi. Zane kind of talked about this bout. Nazrat Hackbrast has big power in his hands. He made his UFC debut against uh, Marcin Held and got kind of wrestled, you know, grappled. Marcin Held's a very high-level grappler. and uh, But then, in that fight, Hackbrast put some big power on Held but was unable to capitalize because he would move in to try to go for the kill and, of course, Held would wrestle him, grapple him. And then in this next fight against Mark Diacasey, Hack Press was able to show off that power some more. And just like the fundamental forward pressure kind of striking style that he has was able to do work against Mark Diacasey. Same kind of thing here against T-Balt Godey. Godey was outgunned from the get-go. Uh, and and Godey, I think, you know, he's going to be cut. Rob Amon's here with the chainsaw. He's going to cut him from the UFC. But Hack Press is 23 years old. He was the youngest guy on this card. And I think he's getting better every time we see him. And he doesn't have a finished victory in the UFC, but I think it's coming soon. Uh, moving down, Calvin Cater versus Chris Fishgold. So Fishgold came out moving forward a lot, like really going after Calvin Cater. And he's throwing wide hooks. Like every every shot was a hook, full power hook every single time. Kind of like uh, John Lineker, but like more forward extended, you know, shoulders over his feet. And leaping in there with the hooks on both sides. Cater would move away with the jab. He was just stinging Fishgold with the jab. Cater actually got hit by quite a few of those hooks. His chin did really good work. But the beautiful jab is what set up the TKO finish at 4-11 of round number one. Cater said his corner called for the 1-2 because he was he was snapping that jab in there. Just snap, snap, snap. And then he, he, he hit him with the jab. And as Fishgold went to move his head down away from the jab, Right hand behind it, boom, right right in the back of the head there, and uh, sent Fishgold to the canvas. Very impressive performance from Calvin Cater. He said that he thinks he's a top 10 lightweight, and I was thinking about what was next for him, and uh, I kind of forgot. I, I forgot. What do you guys think is next for 
Calvin Cater. Mr. Hyde says, oh no, they were, the commenters were talking who's who's going to be cut first, Lobov, Godie, Herman, and Mr. Hyde says hopefully Lobov. But what do you guys think's next for Calvin Cater? He's on the fringe of the top ten of the featherweight rankings. Um. Oh yeah. No, who called out? Who said they want to fight at the end of the year? Oh, Michael Johnson, after beating Artem Lobov. So, sorry to go way back there. He said he wants a fight in December in Australia. And I said we give him to Alexander Volkanovsky. I think that's the fight to make there. What's next for Calvin Cater, though? Uh, move, start to move him into the rankings. Well, uh, I don't know. I guess I don't know. What do you guys think? doesn't really matter. Okay, let's move down the card some more. Uh, Talita Bernardo defeated Sarah Morris uh, via unanimous decision, 30-27, 29-28, 29-28. Bernardo basically wrestled Morris. Very impressive there. Good job on her. Uh, One weird thing that happened in this fight was when Bernardo was on top of Morris in side control and, and Morris tried to, like, regain guard. They killed a fly. A fly landed on Morris between Bernardo and Morris, like, squeezed her legs together on the side of Bernardo, and they killed a fly. If you look at either Bernardo or Morris's Instagram, you can see that they highlighted it. That's just a weird thing that happened. Uh, Before that, Don Madge defeated Tay Javon Edwards via head kick knockout at 14 seconds of round number two. Uh, Toward the end of the first round, it seemed like Madge had... Tavon's number. He heard him in the first round. Or Tay Javon. It's just he goes by Tay. Anyway, Madge came in as like a plus 360 underdog, and Edwards was minus 500. And Madge looked great in all facets. He hurt Edwards in the first round. Edwards got him to the canvas, and off of his back, Madge went for an armbar attempt that Brennan Fitzgerald remembered as. Oh, who did it? Uh, one second here. Corey Sandhagen against Yuri Alcantara in UFC Lincoln. Alcantara had Corey Sandhagen in an armbar attempt in the first round, and it looked like I was in the stands that night screaming, You gotta tap, man! You gotta tap! He's gonna break your fucking arm! It looked kind of like that in the first round where Madge had Edwards in that armbar attempt. But anyway, so Edwards was able to get out of it. Didn't matter. The head kick. One came really early in the second round. Edwards went, like, tried to really retreat back into his left, back into his left. And then another one, boom, and just crumpled him, slept him. It was awesome. It was very awesome. One of the only times on this card where I leapt up and was like, woo, that was neat. Before that, Arjan Buhler versus Marcelo Golm. Bueller. <clears throat> basically wrestled Golm to a decision, and then afterwards said he's on his way to the title. Merpity Merp McGurp. And the curtain jerker, Jessen Ayari versus Stevie Ray. Ayari outlanded Stevie Ray with headshots, with punches, like 40 to 10, but Stevie Ray outlanded Ayari with leg kicks, like 50 to 5. 
And so the judges gave it to Stevie Ray. I thought Jess and I already did enough to win, um, but whatever. Guys, I want to know what you would give as your post-fight bonuses. Keep in mind, we're not actually giving anybody any of our money, right? I don't have five bucks to give anybody, really. I'd have to go without a meal this week. But what post-fight bonuses would you give? And because it's pretend money, you can give out five bonuses. Two of them count as the fight of the night. So let's go with mine. Uh, first of all, Anthony Lionheart-Smith, he gets a post-fight bonus. Clearly, you get a you get a submission victory in the main event of the evening, which, by the way, super surprised it was a submission victory. You get an extra 50 Gs. Uh, Sean Strickland gets an extra 50 Gs. Actually, because I don't think there was a fight of the night. There were five finishes on the card. Smith, Sirkinov, Strickland, Cater, and Madge. That's where my post-fight bonuses are going. Those are my five. Let's check the Twitter machine, and I'll tell you what the real ones are before I get to what the ones that you would give are. <clears throat> Thank you so much for being here for the show at this time. Uh, as I find this, I'm just kind of stalling a little bit. But if you want to listen to the audio only or the audio only for future podcast episodes or post-fight shows, you can subscribe to it at on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, all of those, and just search for Flyin' Brian Show, or follow me on Twitter at Flyin' Brian J, and I'll link you up with the post-fight show. When I'm done here, I will turn it into audio only, and I'll upload it as soon as I can. Um, so, the UFC did give just four post-fight bonuses, no fight of the night, and they went to Anthony Smith, Don Madge, Nazrat Hackbrast, Oh, wait. <coughs> oh, they did give it fight of the night, and they went to Hack Press versus T-Balt Goaty. Anthony Smith and Don Madge got the performance bonuses. And you guys go. Unemployed Mario Yamasaki, thank you for, for catching the stream. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Kyle Malley says Cater versus Lamas would be a good fight. I like it. Book it. And... Uh, Rob Amos says, fight of the night to Anthony Smith. Knockout of the night to Calvin Cater. Chevy Matthews says, Anthony Smith for sure getting a post-fight bonus. Kyle Molly agrees with that. Mr. Hyde agrees with that. And Rob Amos says, the rest of the fighters, I'm not feeling so generous tonight. Ha! Well, that's it. Uh, the night of fights wasn't that great. Ended with a really great note. But the positive thing that we can think about is next week... We've got UFC 230, where in the main event, on short notice for both men, Daniel, the double champ, Cormier, defends his heavyweight title against Mr. Hotballs, Derek the Black Beast Lewis. In the co-main event, Chris Weidman versus Ronaldo Jacare Souza. We've got David Ranch versus Jared Cannonier. Uh, Derek Brunson versus Israel Adesanya. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Jason Knight versus Jordan Rinaldi. I know this isn't that, we're not looking forward to this fight that much, really, but Sejara Eubanks versus Roxanne Mataferi, a rematch. I'm interested in that because at one point the main event was going to be Eubanks versus Valentina Shevchenko before there was a huge uh, fan outcry. So I just want to see how Eubanks does against Mataferi here and uh, if the fight would be exciting. If And I also want to see if Eubanks wins. What does she say to Joe Rogan in the octagon after her victory while getting interviewed for him, by him? Thank you so much for joining me, my friends. Unemployed Mario Yamasaki, before we get out of here, says, Michael Johnson and Artem should have got fight of the night. Okay. 
And Mr. Hyde says, what chaos it would be if Black Beast Lewis were to defeat Daniel Cormier. That would be insanity. Thank you guys so much for joining me. I'll see you next week. Namaste.